Welcome, guys, to the Recovering Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Fredrickson. I'm glad you've joined us on the fastest growing recovery podcast out. Hey, make sure you subscribe on whichever platform you are connecting with us through as we are on multiple platforms. And hey, if you guys are looking for more resources to help you live out the best recovery possible, I'd encourage you to to check out the website at recoveringreality.com. Sign up for the email list. You're going to get access to free content, videos, our blogs, of course, the podcasts and online courses that we have as well to empower you and countless other people to live into the healthiest and most powerful recovery possible. Thanks for joining us, guys. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome. I want to share a little bit briefly about patience with you guys because it often gets a bad rap, especially in the field rooms, the audience of of recovery. You know, I I remember hearing early on regularly, I would hear, you know, I'd go into the AA rooms because my my journey of recovery started in the 12-step recovery rooms. It started in AA. Um, It was my life, actually, for the first year and a half or so. I've transitioned out of that. I still am extremely active spiritually and helping people and processing things with people who I'm close with and my recovery has taken on a bit of a different view but um early on it was that was it that was everything and I needed it I really needed some structure and some people around me that uh, understood all of that and so I'm a big advocate for that but even the AA big book says that uh AA is spiritual kindergarten I took that to heart I kind of wanted to move on and graduate from kindergarten I'm not saying that you graduate from recovery because you don't Um, I'm not saying you don't need to continually stay dialed in spiritually and process things with people, be around people that understand it, help other people. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just simply saying AA wasn't the the beginning and the end of everything for me. But I definitely am an advocate for people um, participating in 12-step early on, and I did heavily. Um, I had no intention of saying that, but I did. That That was my reality early on. But... I remember in those rooms I would hear the old timers, as they're called, the old guys that have a lot of sobriety. <laughs> and they would always say, "Well, don't don't be foolish. Don't don't pray for patience. You know, I, I don't ever pray for patience, because then you know I get in these situations where I have to be patient and things are difficult and people annoy me, and so I, I would never do that. But I, I've grown a little bit, learned a few things. I look at it now and I'm like. Love, the definition of love that I abide by, because I believe love needs a definition. I think a lot of people, I don't think I know. I ask, I have these conversations with people all the time. I ask specific questions to gauge their response and see where they're at. Because I like to see, I I like to dig into the human psyche. (laughs) I I ask specific questions regularly, just so I want to know people's response. It's not to hold anything against them. People could ask me questions that I want perfect answers. It's not that. It's I want to. Oftentimes, people agree with certain things that they've never even defined in their personal life, and so I ask people like about love. Like, well, what does love do you define it? And most people, honestly, don't even really have a definition for it. Most people, love to them 
it's more based off of emotions than an actual definition of unconditionally being there for people, helping people, loving people, sacrificing. I wouldn't say everybody. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be fair. But a lot of people still have somewhat of a definition of the, it's, it's love is mostly emotional. Sure, absolutely, love is in emotions and it can be emotional. Absolutely. But I, I live off love has an actual definition. And I go off 1 Corinthians 13 where it says what love is and what love is not. But in that definition, love is patient. Patience is the very first attribute attached to love. And I took that to heart. I took that to heart and I dug into that. Because if you think about it, patience is an amazing gift. And it's, it's not as, it's really not as difficult as a lot of people make it. I don't say that saying that like, well, yeah, see, I never get bothered or frustrated my whole life. I'm just a spinning image of perfection. <laughs> no, 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 no. Patience is still applied. I'm, I'm married happily, but it takes work and patience. Okay. I have a two and a half year old and a one and a half year old and they're both boys. Don't think that I'm not in situations where I'm like, oh, I got to really, you know, practice this patience thing right now. <laughs> no, no. It's let's be real. Okay. But when you have a bigger perspective and definition of patience, it empowers you in the moment to act different because you see the bigger picture. When frustration begins to set in, and what one of the first things that happens is our vision. In the natural and in the spiritual, it, our vision goes blurred. All of a sudden, I can't see the bigger picture. I can't see the opportunities in the midst of this situation. I'm, I'm blinded to doors that are opening and possibilities that are happening. I say it's a, uh, a season of prolonged patience. Well, you know, with your job or relationship and you're working through things and applying patience. If I, if I let the frustration hop in the driver's seat, and I'm trying to just hurry and get through this and force things and control things and manipulate things. I end up speeding it up uh, or sorry no I end up slowing it down because now I'm tangling it up and the process is taking longer when applying that patience actually paradoxic paradoxically speeds things up because I allow the process to take place I allow the healing to take place I allow people's emotions to settle instead of diving in myself and let my emotions go through the roof myself now I'm in the midst of it and I'm patient and I actually become the agent of peace in the midst of it that releases peace to other people that are in whatever situation it is. You know, recently I, I worked at a treatment center for, for nine months. We moved to Ohio almost a year ago and the first nine months that we, we lived here, I worked at a, a treatment center. Now I knew I wasn't going to be there for as a career. I knew that. Um, I learned a lot of things about treatment centers. Truthfully, there's a lot of ex extremely unethical things that go on in there, in treatment centers in general. Um, and there's not that many people truly getting well going to 30-day treatment centers. Um, I'm not 100% against them. I think some people just going to a 30-day treatment center and not getting high or drunk, some of the situations people come out of is a miracle in and of itself. I, I, I understand all that. They're, it's a controlled environment. It's structured. They're getting help. I, I, I'm, I'm for a good amount of things that go on in there. I just see the results. And there's so few people. It's single-digit percentages we're talking about. It's, it's, I'm after results. And I'm always going to pay attention to the people that produce the best results. I don't care how much money 
the, the facade and the presentation, the language, the marketing and I, that great. Okay. But I'm concerned with the results and the people that are providing the best results that are walking people into the healthiest recovery and those people are staying in recovery. I'm always going to have way more weight on their words. I don't care if it's someone that's just scraping by to help people. Okay. In comparison to someone who is a millionaire that owns a treatment center, it's irrelevant. How, how many people are you helping? Period. That's what I'm concerned about. And those are the people I listen to the most. And unfortunately treatment centers, most of them aren't producing that good of results. As I was in there, frustrations surfaced in me with certain things, the job I was in and stuff I was experiencing and just, I was in there. I, I worked hard. I did my best. I helped a lot of people. I can, I can honestly say all of that. Um, the, the clinical side of the treatment center knew all of that. And they, I got invited to, into situations to help people where, um, maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't have been in, I just, I got invited into situations where, you know, in the natural eye, well, you don't have a degree in this and that, 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 but they saw that when I worked with people, change came into their life in the position I was in. So I would get invited into these situations where in the natural eye, I shouldn't have been invited in to help people. And I would, and awesome things would happen. So on and so forth. But I bring that up, say this, I, I was in there and I knew God was calling me to, to step out of that and to step into my own thing. And I had my own clients on the side and so it was kind of straining because I'm working with a list of clients on my when I'm not working 40 hours a week and then I'm going in there and it's draining and demanding and frustration surfaces for me being there. But I prayed constantly. I had the privilege of helping a lot of people in early recovery there constantly. Okay, but I was praying and in the midst of praying, I felt like God gave me a specific time saying leave, you know, this much longer. And I didn't want to. I was like, this, this sucks. I don't want to. I don't want to do this. I wanted to step out and do my own thing that I was already doing. It was going well and has been growing and is still going well. I have the privilege of working with a lot of people from all over the world. But I said to myself, I'm going to walk this out right and I'm going to do it patiently. In the midst of it, a um, good chunk of people were quitting from this place um, just on the spot. And I decided I'm not going to do that. I'm going to walk this out patiently until the time when I believe God's saying, you can step away from this now and I'm going to walk this out. And I did it. There's days where I didn't want to do it. And there was days where things were, there was, I was dealing with issues in me that were coming to the surface about being frustrated and this and that. But I walked it out and I walked it out patiently. I didn't let my emotions take over me. Okay. I didn't jump the gun on something just because I didn't feel like doing it. I had to get out of here. Everyone's walk is different. Everyone's journey is different. But applying patience will is like adding steroids to your growth. Because again, patience paradoxically speeds things up. It doesn't slow them down. It gives me clarity when I'm in the situation. I can see clearly. My emotions haven't tainted my vision and taken over on things. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm able to learn the most from every situation because I'm not just, you know, my anxiety is not through the, through the roof on things. I walked it out just the way I should and things have worked out so unbelievably well. Dealing with what I had to deal with, even though I did what I didn't want to do, but I did it. And I walked it out to the best of my ability. Every door has opened up since then in a very short amount of time. 
it's like I'm, I'm not quite there yet, um, but chances are in the next month or two, I, I very well could get to a point where I'm saying, I'm sorry, I can't take more clients right now. I just can't do it. And that's a very quality problem for a business owner, an entrepreneur, and somebody like me that gets to help people. Um, that wasn't the exact case when I stepped away, but I followed the process, trusted God, stepped away when I felt like I was supposed to, which was longer than I wanted to, and patiently walked that out, even amidst frustration surfacing, and things have worked out really well and continue to. So I share a personal story just to say this. Where is an area of your life where you feel like there's anxiety, there's worry, there's trying to get my hands in it and speed things up. I've done it, I've done it, I've done it. You wanna know why I have clarity about this? Because I've done the other way so many times. I've done that and I realized it's not working. So I stepped into a different gear and a different mode. So I say that to say this. Now is the time, you can even take this message here as a seed being planted in your reality and now is the time where you can begin to apply this patience and walk forward and say, how can I see things differently? How can I apply patience and paradoxically position me to speed things up, not slow it down? So I would encourage you to do that because patience is an unbelievable tool. I would say, yes, pray for patience, but not with the perspective of, oh gosh, I don't want to pray for patience because then I'm going to, you know, I'll get all frustrated and I'll be around knowing people. And it's like, man, those situations that bring frustration, those people that are difficult are shortcuts. Difficult people come into my life. It's it's perfect opportunity for me to see my issues come to the surface so I can deal with them and get rid of them, not manage them. I heard people talk about manage like stress management, anger management. I'm like, why why are you trying to why are you trying to manage your anger? <laughs> why what's that about? So now I pray for patience. Situations come where they where it's needed. And oftentimes that difficult person, this difficult circumstance, when walked out correctly in patience, actually becomes a door that opened to a shortcut. So it doesn't mean it's always easy. It does mean in the midst of it, I may deal with frustration. I may deal with that, but I have the privilege of applying patience in the midst of it to speed it up. Where in your life can you apply patience right now where it will speed things up, not slow it down? So thank you guys. I encourage you if this resonated, even listen to it again. It's a pretty short message. We're talking about 15 minutes here. Listen to it again. Let it soak in. Because learning how to live in this place of patience is powerful. It'll speed things up. It'll grant you so much more wisdom, clarity, and vision to be able to see clearly in the midst of that stuff. I hope that in your life right now, your recovery is going powerful. I know there's people listening to this podcast that are not in recovery, but get a lot from it. So you guys are awesome. It's a privilege being able to just pour into your life a little bit, even if it's just through this podcast or even if you're listening and I've worked with you or you are a uh, current client of mine. I really do love you guys. You hear people use that word a lot. I, I truly do deeply care and want everyone that I interact with to succeed. Even people that I maybe never have a conversation with. If you're reading my blogs or listening to my podcast, you can do this. Trust me, you can do this. If I can do it, anyone can. It goes a step further. I tell people, if I can do it, you're out of excuses. <laughs> we can do this. Bless you guys. You guys are awesome. We'll connect with you again soon.